here. I am super excited. I'm actually trying to, I'm doing two things at once right now because I'm trying to make sure I don't have any uh, audio. There we go. Hi guys. I hope you guys are so excited. I have Rob Kashi on. Cool. It's going to be so much fun. We are going to talk about his newest book, which is called Wonderful. It's a devotional. But have you guys ever felt like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going through all these things and I'm trying to figure things out. And it's like, ah, oh, I don't know. You feel like you're kind of dragging. I don't know. We were kind of talking off air and we were kind of feeling like this might be the season. So I really believe that tonight's show is really going to help you to see things from a different perspective. I think when we can start to see that, um, that God is like really fighting for us and that he can, that he really is moving on our behalf because sometimes we don't see everything and we can kind of get frustrated and we can start thinking, does this really matter? I was, I was actually talking to, um, to Mama Karen and uh, today, but when, and if you guys have ever seen the movie Inside Out, and it's about all the emotions, and there was um, there was this one emotion, and she was blue. I think I'm trying to think if she was sadness. I think she might have been sadness, or she could have been fear. But anyway, there was this there was a um, a little picture of her where she's plopped, and it says plop, and that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> I kind of felt today like I was plopped. It was just like one of those things. So we all have those days, but it's how do we pick ourselves up? How do we start to, to get our, our mojo back in gear? How do we start to see things from that different perspective? You know, one of the things that I love about Rob is, is that he has such a heart of David. And so I always think about like, in the, in the book where it talks about Ziklag, when David, he went to Ziklag and his family was gone and everything was stolen, all their possessions and and his all of um, the army were looking at David. They wanted to basically kill him. But, but David, it says in the word, it says, but David reminded himself. He reminded himself, or it says actually he strengthened himself. And so when you strengthen yourself, what you're doing is you're reminding yourself of the victories that you've had because God has fought for you, that he was with you during this time and he was yeah. with you during this time. And it's in those places that you start to get refreshed. And it says that after he was strengthened, it was then he sought the Lord because see, then there was no doubt. He had no doubt, all that doubt, all that fear, all that stuff left him. And so he was able to fully go to the Lord and say, what should I do? And that's exactly what I believe that Rob is going to do today. He's going to give you guys just a little bit of a, a jolt. Think about it as like uh, getting one of those, um, what are those, uh, um, those drinks that you can get that, you know, give you extra, extra energy. And so, yeah, that, and so what we're going to do is I'm going to bring on Rob. Hello, Rob. Welcome <laughs> to Touch by Prayer. I am so excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. And you know, what's so funny is the last time that you were here or that we spoke, we didn't have video. So ha, now Hi. we can see each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to you from my mobile studio. I hope you. That's it. The, yeah. But what do you have in your mobile studio? What is the most important thing that you have in your mobile studio? You have your coffee because <laughs> coffee is so important. Yes, I'm, right outside, importante. <laughs> I'm outside one of my offices. It's one of the best coffee places here in Santa Rosa. So I'm all tanked up and ready to go. Woohoo! It's going to be so much fun. Okay. So. 
you have written, actually, he's written a couple of books. Um, one of my favorites, and that's what we talked about the last time you were on Touch by Prayer, which was, I think, two years ago? Or could, could it possibly, was it two years ago or was it three? Time's weird. And I think it was either last week or three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's what we're trying to figure out. So, yeah. but the the book that was so powerful and where you and I kind of connected was 40 Doors Overcoming Fear, Um, Hopelessness, and a Big Ugly Tumor. So there you go. Because um you are a cancer survivor. In fact, you are a, a cancer kick butter. Can yep. we say that? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to I keep know, things. Yes. <laughs> trying to keep, yeah. I'm trying to keep things good. Okay, so so that and that was such a that was such a great interview because you know you were so raw and real about it, and I really still believe that 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 God is still dealing with. Um, I still think that 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 book is is still has hasn't even hit the potential of what it should. I really believe that 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 book should be in every single um, chemotherapy place, every single place, every place that has chemo. I think it should be like right next to all the places where you get your ports. I'm just saying. So, but because I really believe that there's such inspiration when you see somebody who has gone through and came out the other side and they came through with such um, understanding, wisdom, encouragement, and love. I think that that's a book that regardless of where you are spiritually, I think that you can, you can pull, you know, nuggets out of it. What do you think? Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Um, And the other two are companions. They kind of go together. Uh, At some point I'll do a, 365 calendar out of all three of them there you um, go yeah but for now uh they they all still revolve around the same theme of daddy saying i'm here we can do this and um you know it was in my car just like just like this that kind of inspired this book uh wonderful f-u-l-l which i love by the way <laughs> thank you uh, he gave that to me in the car actually yeah um I was, uh, and, and the, the introduction talks about this, but it was one of the most profound moments of my life. Because you and I know, you know, we, we've lived long enough to see things not go so well. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean cancer. I mean, just like relationship stuff. And, you know, you're battling through stuff with your kids, trying to help, and you feel helpless at times, stuff with your professional life, stuff with who am I, what am I doing here, what's my place, this feels pointless, and then, you know, physically, it may not be cancer, but even even just, you know, so, some people start to get seasonal affective disorder right now, uh, now through, you know, March, and it's a big deal, um, and, and keeping, you know, who am I during all this, and, and what am I supposed to be doing, so I'm I'm in my car outside the cancer center. I'd just gone through my second round and the hair was now beginning to come out. And that's where it gets really real. And and the chemo treatments were kind of, uh, kind of radical. It was, you know, we talked about this last time, um, but it was a hundred hours at a time. It's all week long. And then they give you uh, the final stuff at the cancer center. And uh, so I'm uh, walking across the parking lot and it's, freezing cold super windy and you just have one of those moments where you just feel lost and um i didn't put this in the book and i i I probably should have and um it's a cool thing about amazon you can change it if you want to but i'll tell you here 
uh, when I got back in the car and I just, the weight of everything just kind of crushed down on me. And I, it wasn't just physical. It was, I have nothing left emotionally. I have nothing left. I don't know how to battle this spiritually. I, I've been a pastor for what, 20 years, more than that. And I, I had nothing to, to bring to this. That was like, okay, here's what I do. Here's, here's what you do. Here's, here's the 10 steps to freedom. It was, I am done and I am exhausted. And I suddenly had this memory of being six years old. And uh, first grade and a blizzard hit uh, unexpectedly. Uh, back before they had really great, you know, weather stuff. And uh, it, was, it was a lot worse than they thought. And so they were trying to send us home early. And I ended up, ended up being we, like the last bus. We were the very last ones out of the school. I remember sitting in my coat and the, the, the whole building's dark. And there's like one adult waiting for the bus. And it's snowing like crazy. And I am one of the last ones off the bus. And I, I walk home alone from the bus stop about a quarter mile. Sounds like one of those, when I was a kid, you know, uh, but it was true. And it was dark, completely dark by then. And, you know, you're a little kid. I was little, little. And so the snow was like up to my knees already. And I'm trying to trudge through this stuff. And I'm remembering this as I sit down in the car. And I feel like I'm that kid again. I feel helpless and unable to move. And I was completely tired. And I remember calling out to God at six years old because a quarter mile is nothing now. But then in the dark and the wind and the snow, it was scary. And suddenly I, I flew up into the air and I started moving really fast. And my mom couldn't leave my younger siblings, but she sent the giant next door neighbor to go, come and get me and put me up in his shoulders and carried me home, actually ran with me home and got me home in seconds. And this feeling of, oh, I'm okay. And as I'm sitting outside the cancer center, I remembered that. And I had one of the most wonderful physical experiences I've ever had in my life that um, I felt him physically and I could hear it physically kiss me on top of the head. And it wasn't a, okay, your cancer's gone. It wasn't that. It wasn't like, okay, everything's just totally better. It was, I love you and I'm here. And it was, it's been a reset button for me forever. And it didn't answer all my questions. And that's kind of the book. It's, I'm okay with not knowing all the answers. I'm okay with living in wonder. If I'm full of that, I know he can kiss me on the head. I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's, it's funny because, you know, as, as you felt the kiss on, when you feel that kiss, because um, I actually had the very first time I ever danced, I saw Jesus. And the first time I had an experience where I danced with Jesus before we danced, he kissed me on my cheek and I, I could, I felt it. It was like, you yeah. can like, and at, at first I think, I don't know if you felt this way, but it was like, oh, look at my imagination. I'm thinking that, you know, I'm getting a kiss by God, <laughs> you know, and you can kind of blow it off. But what happened is somebody actually came over and told me that they saw in the spirit, they saw Jesus <laughs> kiss me on the cheek. So they completely confirmed it. But awesome. when you, 
when you see that, when you feel that, when you get that revelation of I'm here and I love you and you're my son, just like a father would kiss someone, kiss a child on top of the head, there, there's a, a comfort in that. It's like, you haven't forgotten about me. You haven't left me. You haven't abandoned me because I'm sure that when you're going through those types of, of difficulties, you can, the, especially the enemy, he likes to go in there and just, you know, start you know, yapping it up and telling you, oh, where's your God now? You know, yep. but, but yet you, you, he reminded you of something and then he sealed it with a kiss. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. So, so you wrote this book because, um, and I love, I love the thing about wonderful because I, um, I, there's a, a, a song by, um, isn't there a song called, uh, um, wonderful. Um, is it one? Uh, no, it's uh it's wonder. Wait, I can't think of it. I just went a uh, job. It's by John Mayer because I keep hearing it in my head. It's a John Mayer song. Hmm. And um, and so every time I've been thinking about this interview, I, that song keeps uh, coming into my head. <laughs> and I don't know why, <laughs> but but because, well, God talks to me through songs. I'm going to have to look it up and see so. yep. what it means, you know. Yep. So, but I, what I loved about what you said is that, you know, when God spoke to you and he said, I want you to have awe and wonder. And isn't that like where that there's a scripture and it says that we need to come to the father with childlike faith with or with childlike eyes that we're supposed to, it's just like when, when we're children, if we have, I guess if we have a good relationship with our parents, you know, sometimes we can look at our parent with awe and wonder, like a child yeah. sometimes looks at their daddy and like, Oh, yeah. look at what he's doing, you know? And so I think that's, that's kind of what I, I saw. So let, let's go back and let's start talking about like these devotionals that you've done. You know, you have another one called fishbowl breakers, <laughs> which is about your identity, you know? And, and I think that what's, what's so cool about these devotionals is, and you said this um, to me off air, you said that this is really, these are letters that were written to you from the Lord yeah. and that you just hope that so, somebody else can get something from it. Absolutely. And I also want them to be doorways for people to have their own experiences with him. And my passion is that, people would be able to hear him for themselves, that everyone would be able to hear him for themselves. It's, it's so cool. It's the most amazing form of social media <laughs> when you get the same word somebody else does and you're like, oh, yes, I know that was God now. <laughs> and there's a dozen other people getting that same thing. Like, okay, here's, what we're, here's the plan. Here's what we're supposed to do. And we've forgotten that sometimes. Uh, we really get into our own plans and it's hard not to um, because life is difficult you know it's just hard at this stage of my life i'm you hear about friends who are really struggling with things physically or whatever and stuff just happens and even even at this age going wow i thought i dealt with that already and it's stuff from when i was a kid and it's it's not that you're stuck there it's that it's a layer that god wants to deal with now because he's preparing you for what's next so I pray that every devotional and every chapter is a doorway to doing that, to giving people permission, freedom, empowerment, encouragement to have those experiences with him, um, whether it's a kiss or whatever. I, I was um, uh, back in uh, 
before we moved to California here, it was just before, uh, a person came into uh, the office just before I was going to close, uh, like right before. And I, I'm an introvert, okay? I, 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 I like, you know, I like sitting with my coffee and uh, just chilling out and, you know, and so I was already done for the day. And this guy is emphatic and in my face and he's stressed out to the max. And in that moment, I'm like, okay, I can either do the, you know, do I, do I, do I say, just push him off and, and, and do the pastorly thing and say, make an appointment, or do I do this out of uh, guilt and um, duty, or do I listen to you, Father? Okay, what are you saying? Where's the peace on this? Because this guy's not bringing peace. This guy is, is all over with um, anxiety and, and stress and worry. And so I just took a step back. And that's what I want to release people to do. Because wherever you are, wherever there's chaos, you are still able to hear him in peace. That is your greatest, most wonderful thing you get to walk in every single day. That's what he left us. That's what we get to walk in and live in. And that's how I know when it's him. I know when there's peace on a word. It's not just what makes me feel good. No, because sometimes it's a hard thing. It's a difficult thing. Dealing with this guy was not going to be easy. Um, but I knew it was okay because there was peace on it. So I took him inside and it turns out this guy was like brilliant. I mean, like IQ off the scale kind of thing. And that's great. But he, he loved to like analyze stuff. And his whole thing was having a problem with miracles. Like he was trying to make sense of it. And it's really not something that you can always, you know, a hundred percent make sense of. Uh, it, it's, it's easy to, to quantify our faith and doctrines and systematic theology. But when we talk, start talking about a living relationship in which God does things that are beyond human ability, uh, this guy was having a hard time making that leap. So we sat down and all, like, all the lights were off because I was already, you know, we we're already ready to go. And, you know, the, the, all the uh, air system was off and everything else. It was just quiet in the building. It was just him and me. And he, he said, why doesn't God do more? Why doesn't he just, you know, do a, a win like he did for Elijah? And I said, and I, I felt God's presence on that. I felt a wave of his peace. A well, a well to, I felt a wave of his, his joy and almost like his, there it is. And I, I, I want people to know you can hear that kind of thing all the time. And I said, would you like to? He said, like to what? Feel that. And I Lisa, it was just the coolest thing. It, um, cause he was like, did the air conditioning just come in? I said, no, it's off. And the duct is <laughs> above us. And I said, but he said, well, the air is coming from under the table. I said, I know. And it's going to start increasing. It blew like for 10 minutes, harder and harder until our, our, our hair is moving. Oh, and he was on. like, this, how is this happening? How is this happening? I said, you ask him to show you how much he loves you. Ah. Oh. And he's in tears, and I never saw the guy again, but uh, he had the breakthrough he was looking for, and I, I love that. I just love that. That's so cool. And see, that's – okay. So so yesterday, and I, 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 I did a little Facebook Live because I wanted to promote that you were going to be on the show today. And so I kind of – I did um, a Facebook Live about um, lay it down. 
It's just, yes. just lay it down, yes. lay down your burdens, lay down your stuff. And the reason that I, I was going to do it yesterday, it was funny. But what happened is that I actually wound up ministering to this woman at a gym that I was at. And I actually pulled off the burdens off of her. And one of the things that she said that was so beautiful, she said, I haven't felt that peace since the very first time I accepted the Lord. Wow. And it was like, there was just this, it came, like it came back. It was, and, and I, I said to her, just like you said, I, I said to her, you can have this anytime you want it. Yeah. I said, you have this inside of you. I said, all you have to do is just release it. Exactly. So it's not something that sometimes it, it, it is external, but most of it's internal. And if we yeah. can kind of tap into that, and if we can understand that, yeah. that's that sense of peace, that the Prince of peace lies within us, yeah. that the spirit of the living God that carries peace, that there is no confusion, that there is no drama with the Lord, that, that we can sit in his peace, all the time, 24 seven, if we want. Exactly. I mean, Paul did, right? Exactly. And so when we, when you start to get that, but I really think that that kind of goes with your, your book, the fishbowl breaker, because I really, because if it's talking about identity and that's like, that's one of the most important things I feel is that if you yeah. don't know who you are yeah. and you don't know whose you are, then you can't move. No, absolutely agree. Fishbowl, uh, they all kind of go together, the three books. And um, it, it's definitely something that is dear to me in the sense that I think about it constantly. Uh, I was That book came from a moment of intimacy and identity that just shaped um, like, like, a, like a decade for me. Of uh, I was actually in the shower and um, this memory hit me from like I, I didn't I didn't even remember that this has happened, but I, I could see it almost as if it was a movie, a horror movie, and um, there's like it just came flooding back. I was a little kid even before the snowstorm thing, and um, remember when we were kids, the little play school toolkit thing made it was made of wood back then. It wasn't plastic. Little hammer, little nail set, that kind of thing, and. Um, so I had my little hammer and I kind of went over to the fish tank and I just want to say hi to the fish. So I tapped on the glass and it didn't take anything. I didn't hit it hard, but something just, it just spiderwebbed immediately and it exploded. And there were little golden fish flopping all the way down the stairs and going out the door and it was just horrible. And I was mortified. I, I felt like I just destroyed the world. And my mom came running out and she wasn't mad. She was just concerned I was okay. We tried to save as many little fishies as we could. But in this memory I'm having, I could see myself as a little kid. But I'm standing next to Jesus as an adult watching this, almost as if it's a, a holodeck from Star Trek. And he said, what did you begin to believe about yourself that day? And I thought about it and I said, I, I believe that whatever I would touch, I was going to hurt. And he said, now I want you to see it from my perspective. I see what you're trying to do. You were just trying to say hello and to love them. And I release you from that judgment on yourself because you are made to give life. You are my fishbowl breaker and you will release people out of their fishbowls and into my river. You have that 
in your world, in your life, in your experience, in your history, God will take those moments and say, this is who you are. I was just a couple miles away. Um, we didn't live here yet. We were visiting Angie's parents uh, one Thanksgiving, actually coming up, an anniversary of it. And this is one of the coolest miracles I've ever had. I actually did not put it in the book, so it's a, it's a, it's a freebie here. Um, I was... At this moment, Lisa, you and I were talking about this, about feeling, you know, I feel like there, things are coming together. I know more about who I am. I, I, I know what I love. I know what I love to do. Um, but I don't always know what to do with it, God. What, what, you know, what's, what direction? And it's, it's, it was one of those moments. Um, I was at that kind of place, too, saying, what do I do with this? What, do you, what am I created for? What, what, do you, what do you want me to do? And he said, look down. I mean, it was clear. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was one of those, like, I just know he said that. And I had um, been dimly aware. I was walking around a, an old uh, basketball court, hadn't been used a long time. And the fence that used to be there, they had cut the chicken wire fence, they'd cut that down. And it had been there so long that some of the, um, the, the brush had grown up as, like, you know, grown around the chicken wire so that it was, like, part of it. And so they actually had to cut the chicken wire to get those trees down. And so there's like a, a piece of uh, like branch, like that thick around, about that long, uh, with chicken wire running through it that had grown up around it. So it was, it was part of it. It was stuck into it. It, it wasn't like loose. It was, it was just like, it was like a lollipop <laughs> uh, of wood. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to hear me describe who people really are and then do this. And Lisa, the wire came out of the log, just passed through it. I don't mean pulled out long ways like it was a hole. I mean, passed out perpendicular to it, like nothing was there, like Jesus walking through a wall. And I'm just holding the two pieces for like five minutes, just stunned. And I knew that he was saying, this is what my people are going through they have these things stuck through them and i can't wait to take them out of them oh come on that's a good word man that is a good word you need to remove that wire seriously now yeah. there are some people that wire is so deeply embedded <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah. you know it's almost like wouldn't it be great if you could have like a magnet and just kind of just take it all out. <laughs> you know what i mean just attach it and just be there you go, you know, but, and I, and I get that because yeah. it's, it's the, I think that what God has really been kind of talking to me about, he says that the, that we are, we have been so conditioned to, to put um, blockages on ourselves yeah. that we almost, that we do it. We do it pretty much on a daily basis. I mean, I work with, I work in, in clothing. And women come in and they quickly, quickly tell me like all their stuff, you know, how big their butt is or how they need to fix this. And they have to cover that. And I don't look good in this. And that's and I, this one woman, she, this beautiful white sweater and she loved it. She said she didn't want to take it off. She said, oh, but I'm going to ruin it. She oh, goes, I'm going to spill wine on it. And I said, oh, oh my and then she goes, wait a second. I don't even drink wine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, then there you go. But, but her, but because of that, that false identity 
those false things that maybe as a child she was clumsy or maybe she dropped something and her parents put that into her, that she does not believe that she can actually maintain this beautiful sweater and keep it pristine, but that she's going to ruin it. And so she would not purchase it because she was afraid she would destroy it, but she didn't want to take it off. It was really... It was really kind of a, um, I was watching this and I was like, all right, there's something to this. <laughs> but in, yes. but as soon as you just said what you said, that's when I was like, oh, duh. Okay. Because and, and my every time she said that, I said, no, 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 don't say that about yourself. Yeah. Because like even when, um, you know, I guess like whenever you deal with the public, people love, especially if you're in cosmetics or if you're um, if you're a hairdresser or a nail person, people love to tell you their stuff. <laughs> so when I worked in cosmetics, women would come and tell me their stuff. They would I'd become their friend and they would just tell me their stuff. But it was usually their bad stuff. It was never their good stuff. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that God is really trying to get us to understand that he doesn't see us that way. So we have to start seeing ourselves the way that he sees us. I actually have a chapter uh, in this directly about that because I've realized I was doing it myself about being a bully. I'm nice to everybody else except for myself. Mm -hmm. And we do that constantly. And we are agreeing with those, you know, certainly we we can really spiritualize and save the lives of the enemy. We know that's true, but it's the things we heard as kids, the things we've we agreed with that we've grown up with, these limiting beliefs and lies that just are not true. So one of the things that's been helpful has been allowing God to go as deep as he wants to. And that's been hard. You know, you, you think like, oh, I have to appear a certain way. I'm a pastor. I've, I've been a pastor for three decades. I have to act a certain way and, and I have to meet the expectations of the, da, 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 da. And meanwhile, you are draining your wife, you're draining your kids and you're draining yourself because uh, you're, you're not, as, as we talked about before the show started, you're not being authentic with who he's made you to be and you're not being authentic with who he is. Mm-hmm. And so being honest about our struggles too, about, you know, this book is me working my stuff out. <laughs> it is. It's not me telling you, here's what you're supposed to do. It's me. It's me going, yes, I have a big scar on my arm from when I used to cut myself as a kid. And it's, it, it's, um, that, that lie still comes back once in a while. And I, I don't mean to cut myself, but to feel like I am, I feel so out of control that I know pain is the only thing I can do to, to, to bring myself under control. And immediately you you now can go okay wait a second god i know that's not you that is not you so where where are you in this what's your truth that's what we get to do we get to bring ourselves to peace in him and see things from his perspective Mm, that's so good. And you know what, Rob? I mean, all of this stuff, if, if you guys haven't uh, followed Rob, you need to go find him on Facebook because all of your writings, I mean, there are sometimes I read your writings. I'm like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> so like you're just speaking to my soul. It's so good Be- because you're so real. You're so authentic in the things that you're saying. You're saying the things that we don't want to say sometimes because when you're trying to be transparent, there's a difference. Like some people, you know, uh, Tony Imsen said it the best. She says, you know, being transparent and, and being real is, is fantastic. Oh, look, you got light. <laughs> <laughs> and God said, let there be light. Oh. <laughs> um, but Tony Imsen said that, like, you, you want to be transparent, but you don't want to bleed on people. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's a difference. Like we, we can, yeah. sometimes we can share stuff where we have, and I feel that when we overcome something, we're able to speak from a place of, of getting through. But I think if we're still going through, I think that's the times that we need to be quiet. Absolutely. And especially like one of the things that you just said, you know, being a pastor, you're supposed to be a certain way. And, you know, if we've been watching Facebook and there have been a lot of, I'm going to say this as, um, there have been a lot of pastors and people in ministry whose name has recently come up that have been, that their stuff is coming out yep. because I'm just like you said, God's saying, you know, we're going to, we're going to go through this stuff. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. Yeah. He's going through the stuff, man. Let me tell you something. He is pilfering through my closet and pilfering yeah. through my drawers. He's going through my stuff and he's pulling out anything that does not need to be there. He is yeah. cleaning house on my soul. That's what the Lord is doing right now. Because if he doesn't, this stuff is going to come back up. If he doesn't deal with it, I'm never going to be able to come from that place of victory in order to speak a truth about who he is right. and about what he really believes and exactly. what he believes about me. Right? Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. I still think constantly about, uh, you know, Jack Frost's words a long time ago. And I, it wasn't even original to him, but he's the one I heard it from first about intimacy being um, defined as into me, you see God. And, and allowing that with a, with a person as well. Um, so it's not just accountability. You know, people will say, well, where's the accountability here? It's not, it's not saying, did you screw up this week? And, uh, you know, are you, are you managing your sin? It's, it's about seeing people for who they are in him and blessing that and encouraging that and having the freedom to speak life into people and giving them the empowerment to overcome this stuff. That's, we, we have not done that. We've been afraid to speak life and we cannot be afraid to speak life. And so we, we rely on speaking judgment instead. I don't know how we got comfortable with that, but we're really good at it. And um, I had well, this... that kind of goes back to yeah. where I'm because you and I were talking about Rick Joyner's book, The Final Quest, right? Mm -hmm. And Jenny Wilcox gave it to me, who's watching today. So Jenny gave it to me. And uh, what was um, so interesting is that there is a chapter in the very, very beginning where because it was a vision that he had, and this was a vision that went on like for a while. Like yeah. he would leave his cabin. Rick Joyner would like leave his cabin, go do some stuff, come back to the cabin and pick up right where he left off. So this was like one of these, these visions. But one of the things that you and I were talking about was that there were people who were actually prisoners of war in the devil, like in the enemy's camp, so to speak. Right. And they were called the, the hordes of evil, I think is what it what it, or I think that's it. And so, but they were prisoners. And when people would fall, they would be stabbing the prisoners who fell because they felt it was God's judgment. Right. Yeah. That's the, that was the part that broke my heart the most. Because we, if, if we're sitting here and that's why I said, I wanted to be really careful how we said that, how I said what I said about, because they're, God wants to deal with our stuff, but he wants to do it privately. But some people will not listen. <laughs> They're just not listening to him. And so unfortunately, what happens is it has to become public in order to get their attention. But it's always, if we always understand that God's purpose is always about love, because he want, he loves that person so much that he knows that if, if this doesn't get fixed, it's going to lead to something worse. Yeah. 
And so he wants to deal with it and wants to get it done with so that they can be healed so that he can, they can go further on. But people see it as if, if I admit that I do something wrong, or if I've done something wrong, and I won't admit it, then then nobody knows about it. And I could just go about doing my thing. But you can't you can't. And I've been hearing more and more of this stuff where people don't want to be dealing with their stuff. And, and you know, you know, dealing with your stuff is not fun, but it has to be dealt with. It's not an option. No, it's not an option. Come on now. Yeah, this, this has been a, a year of that for me too. And that, that's what I want people to get in the book too, to know that they are not alone in, in going through this stuff. And this is not a, we, we know this, we hear these words and we, we, almost numb to them about what condemnation versus conviction and all that kind of thing. And it, it goes beyond that. I, I don't know if there's a bigger word that, that encompasses the love of God to help you become whole and be all that he sees you as. And I've used that phrase a billion times. I've used the phrase, you know, who, who do you want to be for me right now, God? And how do, you, how do you see me? And I thought I was doing that well. And this past year was just this, I just kind of crashed. I don't mean morally. I mean like emotionally and mentally had a crash in the middle of trying to write this book even and um, discovered that, you know, I, I've been battling anxiety and depression off and on kind of through my life. And suddenly it just came in a wave that just, I took over and I had to let him deal with it in ways that I'd never done before. Um, or I could be very stubborn and, say no and force myself to act a certain way and put it down but he was lovingly he wasn't condemning me he wasn't trying to hurt me he wasn't trying to um whatever negative thing word you want to use there synonym it was a an invitation to life and it's been a long road this year it really has but i genuinely feel very different because i have let some people speak to some depths of my soul that I'd never had before. And we have to find those relationships. And it's not always easy. I know that some people will be out there saying, I have nobody. I'm blessing you to find someone who will speak into your life. And the something like the book will, will help. Uh, and, and, and Lisa helps. But I, I mean, I'm praying for somebody to connect with a a friend that, that you can speak into and will speak into you. I had this amazing dream that it's one of those things I, I, I do replay in my, my mind over and over again. There's two dreams that I think about constantly. And this one was, um, I, I may have even mentioned it before because it, it is so important to me. And I was with Jesus in this dream. It's a, it's a dream in which you know you're dreaming. It's that aware, that alive. Like I was like, I am dreaming. Yes, this is not a vision. I am actually dreaming. And he said, yep. And we are standing in front of this woman who is covered in black tar. Oh. And the black tar has pieces of luggage all over it. And I look at Jesus, I kind of roll my eyes and go, okay, I get it. He goes, yep, that's her baggage. Now go talk her out of it. Oh I, want you to go I want you to go counsel her out of all the baggage. Like, oh, um, okay. And so I use everything I know, every school of deliverance and every uh, thing I've learned from, from Bible college, seminary stuff, all the stuff I've read about, you know, whatever. And she was agreeing with me, like, yep, that's where that came from. Yep. But it, she was just stuck. Mm. And I said, this isn't working. He said, then watch this. 
And the scene changes, and now she is standing over to the side. There are strings of the black tar going to her, to the pile. But now I see her as this fierce warrior in this amazing armor with medals and just this incredible, like, heavenly kind of stuff and weapons. And he said, now tell her what you see. I said, oh my gosh, you are made for this. And you, you have this on you. And this, this, uh, this metal came from this and this. And wherever we came to a spot where there was tar stuck, I said, oh, this has been there, but God says this about it, it would just snap off. And I, I know somebody else may have a different perspective on you know, speaking this, but I know for me, he has said, this is what we're supposed to do for each other, to speak life. I said, you are made for this. This is who you are. This is how you are right. seen until it's real. And I mean, do that for yourself too. Mm-hmm. And we have not given ourselves permission to do that. I was struggling to write a chapter. I mean, really struggling. Like it was my first thing I was ever going to have published. I've been invited to write a, um, a co- for a, a chapter for a compilation. And I was so stressed about it because I've always wanted to be a writer and I, I couldn't fit um, what I wanted to say into the, the, requisite amount of words it turns out nobody stayed at the right words i was the only one but i was so stressed about that yeah i couldn't i couldn't fit these two uh paragraphs i I couldn't i couldn't bridge them without blowing the the word count and i threw my laptop down on the bed i was about to walk out and i could feel god say to me who are you and i knew he was giving me a choice it was a hard thing and yet it was a loving daddy thing and he was giving me a choice to see me as as he did and it was a choice i could have said at that moment i'm a failure i all these things that i've said since i was a kid i i can't do this i am i am unable i am uh, what i have to say isn't good enough and i knew what he was giving me though i knew the piece on the sentence the only place was to say i'm a writer he says Mm -hmm. then write and I sat down and I was able to do as much as I possibly could, except for that space in between those two ideas. I said, do I get rid of this idea? He said, no. Do I get rid of this? No. And I said, okay, then I'm just going to, because it was due the next morning to be emailed in. And I put the laptop next to my head as I went to sleep. And I said, okay, I'll get up at six and you'll have to give me the, the wisdom to, to write and fill this in. And when I woke up that morning, it was done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And he wrote it and it's like, oh, duh, of course. Yeah. It, and it, it was one of those things I just, that is what we get to walk in. That's what we get to do. Mm, I love that. And, I love that you say that. That's what we get to walk in. That's what we get to do. Yeah. It's, it's an invitation. I love that. And, and it's a choice. It it's is. always a choice. It is. And that's what, even the, the book is, it's, it's, a, it's a choice. Every chapter is a choice and I don't always choose well, but I know this, if you look at your life and you'll have those moments where you're just off, but you recognize like, you know what? Um, before this would have taken me a long time to recover and it's not now. And I can recover my peace in a matter of minutes or hours or, or days instead of, you know, weeks or months. And even if you're struggling, you know, chemically, um, that there is still a peace while you're going through it and a a freedom to know, okay, I don't feel well, but I can still receive your peace and deal with this 
um, and walk through this with you. And that's what the wonder's about. It means that sometimes I don't know. I, that's one of my, my favorite three-word phrase I was just not allowed to say for years and years. I would not allow myself to say, I don't know. I'm a pastor. I have to have the answers. But he finally said, you don't. You can say, I don't know, and that's okay. And there's such a freedom to say, I don't know, but you do. And I trust you, and I love you. And the reset, instead of being, I have to know everything, instead of having everything lined up, it was simply, I know you love me, and mm-hmm. I can start over from there. That's so good. See, that's that's the whole thing. Like I said, you know, when when we start to – when we lay down the stuff that we're struggling with and we, you know, I think that when we start to just like that woman with the tar, um, and I, and I, you know, it's so funny about like the, you know, I think about tar babies and I think about like what that does, that, that tar, it just, it's something that was put on to keep something attached that shouldn't be yes. right. Yes. And, and it's really hard to get rid of tar. I mean, it's yeah. super, if you ever had got tar on a good pair of shoes and you cried because you couldn't get <laughs> it off. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just horrific to try to get tar off. But what's really, what I, I really think is, is very cool is that as you are able to speak those words, those truths, it's almost like that tar became frozen. It just, and as it got frozen, it was able to just break off. Yeah. Like it was just like frozen in time. So that was, there was something that penetrated that just, that took that power. It, it, it was almost like, it just was like frozen. That's the only word I can just see. It, 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 it just it, got it was, frozen off. It was really cool because it started this thought in me that I don't have to fix people. I am not responsible for fixing them. Oh, come them. on. I get to, I, I get to empower them. To, to love them. I get to love people and God does the rest. That yep. took so long. It took 20 years to know that. It was mm. way too long. I'm still learning that. Um, you know, Saturday, uh, I I have this uh, unspoken, uh, lately I've been having this unspoken kind of date with a homeless guy <laughs> uh, for coffee on Saturday mornings. And I don't have to fix this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to love him. Mm-hmm. I get to I get to know about his life and speak life in him. I get to I get to pray for him, and we've we've been developing a relationship. I don't have to fix everything. I simply get to love him, and we don't feel comfortable with that because we need to have answers. We need to have results. We need to have numbers. We need to have whatever. And the wonder part of it, having the fullness of that, means I let God be God, and I get to love people instead. I, I was in Home Depot and kind of running through it. And I passed this woman in one of the aisles. It was just it was only the two of us there. And I suddenly got this flash of a truck. The lights are back on. Um, <laughs> oh, there it is. The flash right there. There's God, a, God, there's God, a truck. Speaking. And it gives me this. I, actually, it is a truck in front of me right now. <laughs> and I, hope, I hope it reverses. There you go. Literally. <laughs> And I said, oh, it was such a vivid picture. I thought, is that, is that you, God? And I stopped and um, I walked past her again and I got this flash again. I said, okay, so is there more? And I got crickets. Okay, fine. So I went over to her and said, Miss, I am so sorry to bother you. I know how weird this may be, but do you drive a truck? <laughs> and I just, I'll just say that she doesn't look like a uh, person who drove a truck. She just did not. 
Um, and she said, uh, yes, my husband and I drive over, uh, you know, over the highways for our, for our living. I said, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> and as Yay. she said that, I got a picture of a spine. Mm-hmm. And now I knew. I said, okay. And I, and I said, I, I know, again, this is very strange, but are you having problems with your back? And she burst into tears. And she said, I was just praying this morning for God to send something, someone to me to pray for me because my back is hurting so badly. Oh, come on. Seriously. And she's from out of States. And it was just this moment of, you know, blessing her, praying for her. And she felt fantastic. And I did too. Um, but it, it's, we, we get to do that. We don't have to fix everything. You just have to be listening. And I have to remember that for me too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, uh, we're, we've been going through, this has been one of the hardest years we've had in a long time. And, and, and truly so hard that it's, it's just, it's been draining. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, I have not felt this much peace and love in God's presence maybe my whole life. That's so and, good. And that's, that's possible. And I, I, I've, I've known that, but I've not known that. <laughs> and I, I know there's people out there who know that maybe better than I do. Uh, but if you don't, you, you, you get to, I promise you get to. Mm, that's so good and you know that's when we when we start to understand that um you know i always think about the the blues brothers you know we're, we're on a mission from god, yeah, I love <laughs> that, yeah. from god right and so you think about that but their heart their intention was truly good absolutely They're, it what they might have done it in a really crazy kind of way but their intentions and their heart was just God sent me on a mission to go and raise money for, for this orphanage, because that's, that's what we're supposed to do. And regardless of what happens to us, we don't really care, you know, but we're going, we're going to do this and, you know, we're going to break some rules. And I, I think that God is, is putting, there's so much that's happening right now. There's so much that is going up that is going on in our world. I mean, that, that people are just, they're freaking out because God is, God is doing things so differently that they don't know how to, they just don't know how to deal with it. Like you you can look at the Kanye thing and you can look at some of the other things and. uh, I love it. I love it. And I I I love, I love the blues brothers thing too. I love the. Come on. Come on. I love that. Come on. <laughs> I love that he's shaking things up this way. You know, we've been hearing these words about this third great awakening, and I've been saying it for a couple of years now. It's not going to happen the way that people are expecting. That's right. How Come amazing on. would it be if it happened through Hollywood? Come How on. amazing would it be if it happens through through the entertainment industry? From the mountain that nobody's and that everyone's been judging, from the mountain everyone's been criticizing. And this this shakeup. I I'll, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm but I'm going to. Okay. Um, if it's okay, well, you don't know whatever. Of course um, it is. <laughs> you know, I uh, for 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 whatever. I I, I know we we can struggle over how to how to minister to to, to people sometimes because we've separated ourselves and said, well, this is okay and this isn't, and we've said that um, you know if someone's. Uh, in this lifestyle is not worthy of this and someone's this and this and this, whatever. I'm just going to tell you that I had a dream and it was something profound to me. And it doesn't, it's just not just about homosexuality, but it was about 
um, this idea of God is doing things differently than we've, we've seen before. And I'm just going to relate the dream. And it was that, again, I'm dreaming, that, and I know I'm dreaming. And it's one of those real ones. And this is the, the second dream that I, I think of all the time. And we're standing behind this building, and Jesus said, this is a gay church. And in the, even in the dream, I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go inside and speak. They have no one. Like, okay. So I walk in, and he, he in the dream, physically disappears, but I can hear him in my heart. And I walk into the room, and there's about 30 people in there. And they turn and look at me and go like this. Because they don't trust me. Mm-hmm. And I said, and in my heart, my head, I'm talking to him saying, so what do you want to do? He says, go up front. And no one was up there. There was no one, no one speaking. There's just a low, little low platform. And I get up there. I said, now what? He says, just tell them what I show you. And in my head, I saw um, a, a broken bone that hadn't healed well from an injury when they were a kid, uh, an issue with a, a parent that had not been healed emotionally, about six or seven things that uh, just appeared in my head, physical and emotional. And I said, I would love the honor of praying with you if that applies to any of you. And even in my dream, it was this awkward, long silence <laughs> until finally one person raised their hand and I said, is, is it okay if I pray for you? And this person got healed. And people started to go, oh, cool. And they started praying for one another. And this revival broke out and everybody started getting healed. And in my head, I said, God, do you want me to talk about this or that now? He said, no, I want you to love them and let me deal with the rest. Mm, Come on. All right. Yeah. And that's not Mm -hmm. just uh, that uh, that area or that subject. It's Mm -mm. anything. Anything. Because we Mm -hmm. have made ourselves... We, mm-hmm. You know, we, we've we've gone in the last couple of years. Oh, here we go. I'm not, I'm not, oh, do I say this? <laughs> there are some of us that have been very blessed and equipped to go to the political mountain and make a really wonderful difference there and yes. do really good things and bring the presence of God. I, I love the people. I've been praying for Daniels and Josephs to get around the president, but not just Trump. I prayed for that around Obama too, mm-hmm. and. Uh, at the same time, we all, uh, many, many in the church go, okay, we're going to occupy this mountain and hold on to it. And they're doing it in a spirit that may not be what God had intended. Uh, but I, I don't know if that's going to come across, how that's going to come across, but I mean, we're doing it. Because well, it's going to come afraid. out. It's going to come out in truth. That's what it's going to come out in. So we're, don't we're worry not, about it. We're not doing it to bring love and grace uh, and, and God's truth. We're there to bring our fear and our, and, and um, our insecurities about, about stuff. And so God goes, okay, well, I, I meant this for you to bring life here, but if you can't do that, I'm going to have to bring it somewhere else. And so what if he's doing that with the entertainment mountain? Mm-hmm. What if he's doing that uh, with, uh, you know, b- the business mountain? There are mm-hmm. people out there in business that are rising up that, that you know, you know, frankly, <laughs> we, we've talked about the whole Q thing, but we're not always seeing that it's, it's not just the political stuff there. There are people who are, uh, have been blessed by God financially that have his heart. 
that are trying to bring 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 life not and not just change like okay now we control stuff uh who's we the the church is not supposed to control stuff it's supposed to bless stuff it's supposed to be an overwhelming blessing to the world overwhelming uh life and speaking life wherever we go to the pharaoh and to uh you know the the kings uh that don't even know him yet Mm -hmm. and so uh that's what we're supposed to be doing so i love Things are coming through Kanye West and and whomever, but we're going to see more of that, more and oh, more. Oh heck yeah, yeah, I agree. And so he's preparing us by saying, "Will you please be authentic with me? Will you let me speak into your life? Will you let me raise you up to speak life into yourself and to others? Will you let me speak life into so that when I speak something to you and you hear it happen in the news, you'll know that was me." Hmm. You know, it's happening right now in China, in Iran. There are revivals happening like. Like we've never seen before, and I don't want to miss that. And so, if our part is to breathe life and speak life into those brothers and sisters who are suffering, then we we got to get off our butts and do that, and 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 surrender our ways of doing things from the past. And I need to get over myself, the old self. I need to get over the tar and the luggage, and get uh, really comfortable with the new person that God sees me as, and really enjoy it, and speak life from that place. That's what the book is. It's, 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 it's that it's knowing I don't have to fix everything. I don't have to be everything to everyone, but I get to be his kid. I mm. get to be his kid every day. I love that. I love that. that. It totally makes sense. And you know, I, I think it, it's interesting because, um, 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 when I worked at the cosmetic counter, um, I actually was, I was uh, doing makeup for this woman who was in a homosexual, um, lifestyle. And I, I started to talk to her and somehow we talked about God because it just, he just always comes up in conversation, especially when I was at the cosmetic counter, it just constantly, you know, would come up. And so I, I started to talk to her and I was telling her about how I prayed for this young man who, who also was gay. And she looked at me and she said, you prayed for him. I said, absolutely. He asked me to, she's like, really? Like she was shocked. And I said, I would pray for you too. Do you want me to pray for you? She's like, you would pray for me. I said, absolutely. And she didn't let me, but I think she was surprised because there, there is something that, that the, the, the church, the church, not the body. I'm going to, I'm going to say it this way, Mm -hmm. that the church has not done well. Because if you go back to one of the things about Bob Jones, who was a prophet, and if you don't know who Bob Jones is, find out who Bob Jones is, because he was a prophet and he had all these visions, but he died. And when he died, he went to heaven. And the first thing he was asked was, did you learn how to love? And he couldn't answer it. So guess what? He got sent back. (laughs) And guess when he died? When he actually did go home to be with the Lord, he died on Valentine's Day. Because he learned how to love well. And one of the things that that happened to to me personally, um, I took my daughter. Well, my daughter actually surprised me. And she came to come and hear Sean Bowles. And, and, Sean, and I was praying and praying and praying. Please, please, please prophesy over my daughter, Samantha. <laughs> I, oh, oh, you got, I was in the throne room yanking on, the, yanking on his robe. Give her a word. <laughs> because she needed it. She yeah. so desperately needed to hear that God knew who she was and she didn't yeah. want a generic word. And I was yeah. like, well, this from John Bowles, she will not get one. And one of the things that he said, and this is um, 
this hit me so hard. He said that she goes, he said to her, you love well, you love Mm. so well. And I thought about that and it hit me hard because one of the things that um, I thought about was goodness gracious. She doesn't read a Bible. (laughs) She doesn't go to church. She doesn't pray in tongues, but she loves well. She loves well. And I said, I need to love better. And that started to shift things for me. That's when things started to change for me because I thought, goodness gracious, as a daughter of the most high King, I should love very well. So that's my own personal agenda. I'm not putting it on anybody else. I'm not trying to judge anybody else, but I'm just saying, this is what, what I got from it. And what you're saying is you have the same mandate because if we can't love well, and we have to go back to back into first Corinthians, where it talks about what love is, love is patient. Hello. (laughs) Okay. Love is kind. Love is kind. It holds no record of wrong. Seriously. Like we are not doing love. We're doing like a, we're doing a Hallmark card. That's what we're doing, but we're not doing love. Love does not boast, right? It's not jealous. Doesn't envy. Come on. There's, if we go back and look at what love really is, you know, are we doing love, real love? And it endures. That's the one that got me, Rob. When when I, the Lord started talking to me about things and he said, Lisa, love endures all things. So when somebody talks smack about you, you still got to love them. When somebody <laughs> does stuff, you still got to love them yeah. because it endures. Yeah. That's what brings home the prodigals is the love. Right? Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean to go off on that, but I love sure. it. no, <laughs> I love it. it's, it's, a, it's such an important chapter. I've done over a hundred weddings uh-huh. and um, you know, everyone wants the first Corinthians 13, but the reality of that is so deep and we, we got so used to that chapter. We just kind of gloss over it. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's just for ceremony. It is so deep. And, and Paul was just getting started. He's just dictating this going, and I can imagine this list in his head as he's, you know, saying this and someone who's trying to write it down and say, what is it? What is that? You're going too fast. And he's trying to describe love that he has experienced. He's thinking about what he came from, the hate that he came from, hmm. the insecurity and the, and the arrogance and the, I know it all to knowing nothing, to knowing nothing. And then spending three years in the desert, just relearning love, relearning who God was, his, his, his essence, his nature and his character. And he gets to this point of trying to write to the Corinthians who are really going through some stuff. And he just can't get enough superlatives to, to talk about this is what love is. And don't, don't let it get twisted among you. This is what it is. Mm. And we, that's something we have to ask all the time. I, I was actually uh, outside one day and I was asking, I was talking to God and um, I, I frequently ask him this, you know, who, who do you want to be for me right now? And I, I don't mean that in a weird sense, like, okay, he's different people. It's, yeah. you know, what, what part of your character do you want to work on in me? And he said very clearly to my heart, love. I said, well, I already know that one. He said, no, <laughs> this, is, this is deeper. And it was, it was a, it's, it's, it's been a long one, but it's been a good one, a really, really good one. And it's one I can't, I can't control it. it, it it's it, the coolest thing I've learned about this is that I don't have to manufacture it. Um, I, I love, uh, we talk about love. It always comes to me for, with, with Peter 
at the at the at the lake at, when Jesus is restoring him. You know, they they finally get the okay. He's resurrected. This is real. This is really happening. We have no idea what we're supposed to do. And he takes Peter aside, and he restores him. And we've heard all the messages about that. You know, he, he Peter denied him three times. So Jesus asked, "Do you love me?" three times. But that's really not all that was going on there. Mm-mm. And because in the Greek, um, you may have heard this too, but Jesus asked him twice, "Do you agape?" which is that highest form of, of heavenly God-inspired love. And Peter responds, I love you as a brother. Like he, couldn't, he couldn't bring himself to say, I love you like you love me. And it was crushing to him. And what, um, what Jesus was trying to impart to him was saying, he says, just feed my sheep, be a pastor, be what I've, I've seen in you, be all that I've spoken into you. What he was saying was the love will come from me and flow through you to them and come right back to me. You don't have to manufacture it. It doesn't have to come up. It's not your strength, Peter. It's mine through you. That's where the love comes from. That's mm. why it never ends. That's why love never fails. It's mm. his. That's mm. why it never help, faith, hope, and love go on. And it's not faith of, of doctrine. It's faithfulness that comes from him first. Mm. I can be faithful because he's faithful first. Absolutely. And how many times have you prayed for someone Rob, and all of a sudden you love them like as if they were your kid. Yeah. Like, and it, like the first time that happened to me, I was like, that was weird. (laughs) I was like, wow, you know, but this, this outpouring of love came through me to this complete and total stranger. But I looked at him with such love and it's, it's like, It's just, it's a crazy, it's crazy. The very first time that God told me, he said, he said, I want you to, to, to talk to this person. And, um, and it was, I'm just going to tell you, but Rob, (laughs) Rob and I were at, um, we were at like social services because he wasn't working. I wasn't working and we needed help Mm -hmm. pay our bills. I mean, I'm just being real. It was just, And of course we got denied because I sat there and I was praying as he's looking for the, for the court or, you know, for the government to help us. I'm reading every single scripture that God is my provider, that he will, I will not be homeless that I will have money. We will have food. I'm reading every single scripture and I'm just there with him. And I even said to my husband, I said, I'm just here because I think that God has something in store. And he did. There was this homeless kid who was living in the, um, he was living behind um, this woods in like this skater park. And, uh, and so the Lord said, go and go and talk to him. And I'm like, well, okay, bring him over here. And, and the Lord, <laughs> and the, I heard him again. He said, go and go and sit. And so I, there was, cause somebody got up and there was a chair right next to this boy. And I said, yeah, but I'm with my husband. I said, I can't go. Cause you know, there's only one chair. And as soon as I said that, a second person right next to him got up. <laughs> so now there's two. And I heard the Lord say, go to him. And I wouldn't do it because I didn't understand. This was really, really, really in the beginning. Yeah. This is really, really in the beginning. And uh, and then two other people came and sat down. And so as we were walking out, I said to my husband, I said, Rob, I said, I was really it was, you know, that, that boy that we heard, cause I could hear, I was crying. I was crying for him. And people mm-hmm. probably thought I was crying about my own situation, but I was crying for this boy wow. because my heart was breaking for him. And so, so I said, I was supposed to go. And the Lord said to me, he said, Lisa, when I tell you to go to someone, you go, that's all he said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I disappointed God. And I'm like walking <laughs> to my car, all disappointed. And so I'm getting into the car and I pull back the, um, 
my seatbelt. So I turned this way. That that kid was coming out of the door. Rob, I jumped out of the car. I mean, I didn't even say anything to my husband. I jumped out of the car and I ran to him. I didn't even know what I was going to say. I just, I had no idea, but I just, I ran to him and I, I started talking to him and I didn't have any money to give him, but I, I, but I told him that he was, when he was crying at night, that God was with him and he, he, and I told him that God was with him and that he was going to take care of him. He was going to provide for him and that it was going to be okay. And that he wasn't alone and that his parents hadn't forsaken him that because his parents were dead. And his parents were praying for him and just all these things. And, and he looks at me and he said, do I know you? And I said, no, you don't. And, and he said, and I said, I don't even know if you're a believer. And he reaches in and he pulls out a, um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, rosary beads. And he shows me his rosary beads. And, but, but the love that I felt for him that when I got home, I cried for 45 minutes. I just cried and cried and cried because of the love and the Lord just, just like told me about how I don't have to love because he'll fill me with love. Yeah. So I've never shared that story. So thank you so much. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you know, you shared your story that you never shared before. So I shared a new one that I never shared before, you know. But I think that's the thing is that if we can become vulnerable and if we can share the hard stuff and if we can go just unafraid, that if, if God says go to that person and not have to worry, that he will fill our mouth with the yeah. proper words, right? Because you didn't even know what you were going to say, did you? Yeah. <laughs> You're like... Uh, <laughs> no. you know and 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 how do we love somebody that we don't know yeah but he but he can fill us to overflowing it's oh, so good it's so so good that's so so good um i'm just oh we're past nine o'clock <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> i just looked I've, everybody seems to be like oh this is so cool you have lots of people who just love you rob they really really do so mm-hmm. let me just ask you um uh, what is your next book? Cause I, the Lord's saying that you have another book that you're working on. Uh, it's going to be a little different. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'm trying to do a, um, you know, you and I talked uh, before the show about taking the ideas that he's been working on with me for a long time, intimacy, identity, and intentionality. And those three eyes have been in my head since the cancer days. And so how, how, how do you impart those to people? And what he's been giving me now is uh, trying to guide people, instead of just doing it as a, a teaching a course, doing it as a, kind of an interactive allegory or like kind of like a hinds feet, uh, but that you're, like you're the one reading it, you're in the story, that, and you're going through this. And so it's been kind of uh, something... Uh, kind of uh, personal for people like they're walking through the story. So um, that's, that's what's next. Okay. That sounds like fun. Yeah. And, and there's also some other things that, that, you know, are on the back burner that we kind of talked about. And so if you guys are interested in in getting in touch with Rob, you can actually go to your website, which is Rob Cassia um, wordpress.com. Right. Yep. Okay. So yep. you guys can go there. You can also find him on Facebook. You can go to Amazon. You can go get your Kindle version of Wonder 
Bowl, which what? is a devotional. Oh, see, he had he even had look, he has his stuff with him. He has coffee and a book. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and the sunglasses for yes. those loose feathers. <laughs> Absolutely. So this has been so much fun. I'd love to do this again. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you uh, reach out to Rob, send him a text, send him a message on how much this has encouraged you. Get his books, especially 40 Doors. If you know somebody who's going through cancer, get them that book because I am telling you, you need encouragement. You need to know that God is with you and everybody needs to get a kiss on top of their head. Am I saying it correctly? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in to Touch by Prayer. Just remember to go out and touch someone. God bless and good night.